Hey there, my name is Nikolai Bain and welcome to the Great Design Lead Podcast. Uh, I create Webflow websites for clients that increase uh, user signups and I also create um, content to help other Webflow developers use Webflow better and earn more per project. And right now I'm working on making great videos that people get real value from. I have been looking forward to this all day. Where I am, it's 5 p.m., uh, and where you are, it's like 11-ish, right? Yeah, it's 11, yeah. 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 Almost, uh, mostly fun, yeah. I- I've been so looking forward to you because, and this might be a silly thing, Um, your name, for some reason to me, sounds like a superhero name. Has anybody ever told you that? No. <laughs> no, that, that means a lot to me. Uh, yeah, no, I have a Russian name. Um, I'm not Russian, but... I have a Russian name, so I do have quite an unusual name. Superhero is good, though. Thank you. I I was uh, talking to um, my boyfriend, who's Eastern European, and uh, he I, he said, so who are you doing your, your podcast with? And I'm like, Nikolai Bain. And he's like, that is such a strong name. Like, who are you going to talk to next? Like Lex Luthor or something like that? <laughs> no, that's I appreciate that. It's funny because when I was a kid, I didn't like the name because I thought it sounded too foreign. Um, huh. But I'm I'm really used to it. You know, I think people should like try and get really comfortable with their, their names. I mean, all names are awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> and and your last name is is Scottish, right? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> okay. I look. It's it meant like a. I think it's a like a, a fair haired, friendly person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm trying to grow up, so maybe that's the maybe that's the hair part. But but yeah, I, I've been looking forward to this uh, for for a while, and and um, I wanted to ask you about your name. I wanted to ask you about all of all of these different things. Um, but it's it's always fun to like keep myself on track by like starting at the beginning and then going from there. Um, mm. So, is, are you cool with that? Yeah. I, what's the <laughs> beginning? So I I guess um. In in the very beginning, um, what what kind of things were you just naturally interested in when you were a kid? I mean, I know that's like like very very beginning, but I'm curious because um, I saw a little bit about what you did in college and stuff. But I wonder what you were like before you even knew what a job was, really. Yeah, I mean, I was. I feel like I was a pretty boring uh, standard teenager. Um, I did, I liked puzzles a lot. I liked design a lot. Um, and I think, I mean, looking back, I could already tell that I was kind of already good at the design and development stuff inside of college. And I know like some people, when they look back, the, the thing that they're doing now, they weren't really good at as a kid, but, um, I can definitely say that I was already touching upon that. I remember the first thing, the first design thing that I did was I got Photoshop and uh, someone taught me how to recolor someone's hair in Photoshop. So oh, I really? got all of this hit in my class and I uh, recolored his hair pink. And I thought that was hilarious. Sweet. So like the, the introduction was kind of like Photoshop in school a little bit? Oh, that was before school. That was just at home, you know? And, oh, but obviously really? it started with the Adobe Suite back then. And now I don't use any of the Adobe Suite um, just because, I mean, you can do so much without it, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started with the Adobe thing and then Illustrator, et cetera, uh, and then slowly moved to doing web stuff and then did like HTML, CSS, 
uh, and, and uh, college when we were learning websites. Uh, and obviously it's evolved a lot since then. Uh, I don't know if you heard this before, but um, my first introduction to all of this kind of stuff was this Photoshop class that I did when I was in like middle school. So I think I was mm-hmm. maybe like 13, 14 years old. And uh, I, I, for some reason, I thought that the best exercise for that would be a picture of Kim Kardashian with makeup and a picture of Kim Kardashian without makeup. And then me trying to learn all the different tools by trying to match the two pictures. That's kind of cool. <laughs> that's actually, that sounds like, that sounds like fun. Yeah, they do uh, overly Photoshop um, those celebrities, don't they? Fun. <laughs> I like that. It, it was fun. I have no idea why I picked her. I had no idea like what I was doing. I was like 13 years old, but I guess whatever. <laughs> um, but when, when you were that age and stuff like that, um, I don't know. You said you like puzzles and, and you, you're talking about like your, your teenage age, but kind mm. of like even, even before that, do you know, like, did your parents tell you about stuff that you were drawn to or anything like that? I honestly can't remember. Um, I mean, my my mother was an artist. Um, my dad is a teacher. I don't know if that has informed me in any way or informed what I did as a kid. So I, I honestly cannot remember. <laughs> um, I wasn't good as at that much as a kid other than playing video games, but kind of grew out of that. Yeah. And yeah. and so well, like throughout high school and stuff like that, um, you, you learned html you learned all of these different things um Mm. when did you kind of realize that like hey this could be fun or like this could be a job was there like a moment when you noticed that yeah well i mean the thing is i kind of dropped out um and and i'm just remembering that college for me isn't necessarily uh college for america so um college university for us is like the higher education i don't know if that's different to how you guys say it you know, we, have high school. Yeah, we have high school and then college is a place where it's not all of the majors. It's like focused in a certain area. And then university is where they have like every major you can think of. That's that's what we call it. Yeah, I think my college is your high school. So um, going back to high school, I dropped out of the last year because I wasn't enjoying education. Um, and then I just had a retail job, um, but I was doing design stuff on the side. And I remember I made, um, a lot of kind of fan album covers, um, for things for like electronic artists. Uh, and so that was my pathway into Photoshop and more of the Adobe suite. Uh, and then I did some YouTube stuff. I had this, um, kind of music visualizer YouTube channel, like, uh, Oh, really? Yeah, there there there's still a lot that exists, like Suicide Sheep, and uh, I can't think of them off the top of my head. Um, but I did a lot of stuff on the side while I worked, and I think that's why I knew that I wanted to do it properly. And I so wait before we even go into anything. Um, what is what is Suicide Sheep? Oh, so there, there are these different <laughs> uh, YouTube channels, um, and Suicide Sheep is still one of them. And they just they just like curate music and they have like a visualizer um i I used to listen to a lot of uh, monster cat which is kind of another one of them i still listen to a lot of monster cat (laughs) um i'm still still a kid at heart 
So, uh, yeah. And so I wanted to create my own. And so I created my own for a little bit. Um, and then it, it wasn't really my thing. So I didn't end up, uh, keep doing it, but, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of fan album art, a lot of stuff to do with music. Was that a, a tough point in your life when you had to make that decision that you're like, Hey, I'm not really feeling this time to go. No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think the, I think there's a big appeal to working part-time at a job, uh, to make sure that you have income and then with the rest of your time, just trying stuff out. I think I've done that for quite a long time since I left high school. Um, and I've always enjoyed doing that. And, um, you know, I, I did that enough to a point where I could do the thing that I was doing on the side as a hobby, as my full-time thing. Um, and so, yeah, I just think I just played around and did a bunch of weird stuff on the side for quite a long time. And so there wasn't much pressure. It was just seeing uh, what I enjoyed and just like going with that. And I, I thought that the name of your, your college was really interesting. The, the College of Creative Innovation. It was the, it was Ubi. Ubi, right, right, right. So um, yeah, so, so for me, high school for you, which was college for me was Tower College. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was kind of my, um, I forget what years it is. To us, it's year nine to year uh, 13, but that doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, and then I did a year <laughs> at this creative, uh, creative school where I did um, design and web which is where we learned a bunch of stuff. I didn't learn Webflow. We did, they didn't teach Webflow there. Um, yeah. I was about to do the next year of that course and um, they were teaching WordPress and yeah. I didn't want to do that. So I also dropped out of that. Um, my point is I drop out of a lot of stuff because I just, I'd rather just figure it out on my own. It seems like you're not like a, a sunk cost guy. Like, well, like this is the way that I'm doing this even though I'm unhappy I'm gonna keep on doing it like even though that this like this is not bringing me what I want I'm gonna just keep doing it because of a sunk cost fallacy that doesn't seem like something that you do no definitely not uh I, I mean I try not so I probably still do um yeah it's it's hard to actually see where I would be doing that maybe I'm doing that with old clients where I'm probably um I probably shouldn't be uh, working with them anymore, but I just, uh, it's just easier to just keep working uh, for them. So, Hey, I try, but it still happens. I've, I've heard about people that um, uh, look back on their life and um, they, they look back at all these things of like, you know, I really could have left. I don't know why I stayed there in that position for so long. Like I would have been so much happier if I just left and, or I just, jumped and did that new thing that I was excited to do so when Mm. you look back on that in your life um no regrets all all like I'm this was 100% the thing that I needed to do at that time I mean for the most part I think some things I I stayed in a little bit longer than I needed to but uh, I think the 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 reason why people do that is because like making the leap is can be really scary and sometimes if you make the leap and you've it's the wrong decision it turns out worse than where you're at then it's kind of embarrassing to go back um which is why as much as possible i did things part-time while i could uh keep figuring out what i wanted to do Um, because that's a much like more comfortable leap to make is going from full-time to part-time so then there's no pressure to for things to work out straight away 
Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I I think that that makes sense to me. Like it like you want to do it realistically, um like planning ahead before you quit a job <laughs> or all of these different things. Uh kind of doing training wheels for a bit before you go full full speed ahead. Yeah. But yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Another thing that I thought was interesting about you was that um you went from from like design like foundations into what you do now with design and development and all of the, all of these more advanced things that I've seen from your YouTube channel and everything. Um, mm. So I don't know, what is that, that like for you to, um, to go from like more of a graphic design world where you're doing packaging and, and posters and all of this kind of stuff. When was it that, that word, uh, WordPress class where you were like, Oh, wow. Like, I think that this could be really cool. Cause I know you said you did a little bit of that, earlier in your life what what was that jump for you because that was a really fun jump for me yeah no it was a fun jump for me as well Uh, I think some people like really do like graphic design and you know I did a lot of graphic design but I just my heart wasn't there you know I just didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to Um, Mm -hmm. and then yeah sure when I when I started doing web I definitely enjoyed it a lot more I can't remember when I started I can't remember why I enjoyed it more um can't remember any of those things but hey it's fun (laughs) web is fun (laughs) do you do you remember the time when you um actually discovered webflow or is it kind of like to you in your head like it's it's always been there at this point no it hasn't always been there uh so because i was doing uh, a couple of client websites on the side um without Webflow, just kind of building them from scratch. And it was just taking too long. Uh, it was going to be too expensive. And I was doing hourly by that point. So I, you know, was trying to charge as low as possible because I didn't want to be these super expensive websites. Uh, and my friend introduced me to Webflow. Really? Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem, seems a little bit much going on. And so the first time I saw and found Webflow, um, I didn't use it. I walked away from it. Really? Uh, and then I came back. Yeah. And then I came back a couple months later and I was like, okay, I think there's actually might be something to this. What, what made you walk away? I think um, I tried to start with quite a complex website and mm-hmm. like the learning curve in Webflow isn't that bad, but you have to start slow and then kind of get into the more complex stuff. Um, and I tried to jump in, in the deep end and, uh, yeah, I, I tried to do an e-commerce website and it was just way too far to, um, to start on. Huh. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear your dog walking around and I have to say that I absolutely love that photo of your dog at your desk <laughs> that you posted a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, um, she's actually eating a ping pong ball. Um, <laughs> she likes little, uh, little chewy plastic things. Um, yeah, she, I, she... I thought that was adorable uh but she she can stay she can hang out with us um but uh <laughs> I remember when I when I found Webflow um I was I don't know for some reason I got like emotional when I found it because I had been like uh r- ramming my head against the wall when it came to WordPress and all of that kind of stuff mm. um and then once I found this thing that like from all of these classes that I took in college um, all of that that like I hated and it was 
so rough when it came to like CSS and JavaScript and everything like that. Like having that education and then going into this, it's almost like, like all of these barriers that were in front of me were just gone. Yeah. And I could, there was so much that I can do. It's like, like nobody was keeping me back anymore. Yeah. Do you, so do you do, do you uh, work part-time? Do you do client stuff full-time? What do you do these days? Yeah. So I uh, was full-time freelancing and then I got a contract job nine to five. And so that is ending soon. And then I'll be probably going back to full-time freelancing. Um, So I'm very excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. And I think like having this podcast for you is kind of a good superpower to have because a really great way to make connections um, once you're back into it. Yeah, it's very smart. <laughs> it's it's probably um, one of my favorite things to do ever. Um, just mm. being able to like, it, it's it, the, the thing is, is like two hours totally un, um, uh, uninterrupted hanging out with somebody. You don't really yeah. do that often. Like usually you're, you're like on your phone or like you have a million things in your mind or you're not even listening to the person that you're talking to and doing this um has given me so many friends that I, I text on like the, a daily basis so mm. there, there's there, there's the thing of like getting to know all these people and like meeting Vlad and Ran and, and you and everybody yeah. but um it's it's really cool to just like the experience itself is like the, the most amazing thing more important than anything after you post it (laughs) yeah definitely but again it's a it's a good uh it's a good hobby to have during work hours because I mean you enjoy it but it it obviously um is really beneficial for you as well it's kind of a a double double whammy you know (laughs) yeah so enough about me though we're here to hang out with (laughs) talk about you (laughs) but um yeah so when when you first started like your working career and everything I saw that there were that there was like a design internship and then there were all these uh design jobs and then around the time that you started your first job you started freelancing um and I saw all these projects that you did and I was just curious like how did that unfold for you where you first started out in design uh as these like part-time or full-time jobs and then you went from part-time freelancing to full-time freelancing yeah so um yeah i did I did a good couple of design jobs um while I was doing freelancing on the side and when I was doing freelancing back then um there was a lot of logo stuff uh it was again like graphic stuff and then um when I found webflow and I started using webflow and then I did a couple of uh a little bit of client work and you know don't get me wrong when I started doing client work, it was off off of um upwork because that yeah yeah because that was the easiest way for me to find uh webflow specific work because now that i knew this tool i I didn't really know how to find people who needed work with this tool so yeah i was on upwork for um can't remember now like three to six months um and then from that did a couple of projects and you know upwork doesn't pay super well like you you dictate your own price but there's there's a limit because when you're on Upwork, uh, clients are judging you usually against other freelancers based on price for the most part. Mm, yeah. And, and so I did that for a good amount of time. And then I started to specialize in uh, SaaS websites, software as a service. 
uh, marketing websites. And so that helped. And then so eventually I just got enough leads uh, that I could jump off of Upwork uh, and just rely on people reaching out to me. And I think that's about when I started doing it full time. So that was um, the move from, sorry, it's my dog. <laughs> move from part time to full time. Do you remember uh, that jump being uh, nerve wracking? From part time to full time? Yeah. No, it was extremely exciting. Extremely really? Exciting. Yeah. A lot going on in my neighborhood. Um, <laughs> No, it, it was exciting. I mean, I think I knew I, I could still rely <laughs> off of um, off of my part-time income. So, <laughs> crazy outside. Uh, so it wasn't too bad, you know, and it was exciting to get, to have that extra time to do uh, more content as well. So that's when I started doing blog posts. Um, and then it's only recently I've started doing videos. Yeah. There's a website that I saw that you did um that I had to ask you about because I thought it was so cool the the one that you did for your friend who was a software engineer um and you like were able to draw on it right we're right so I yeah my my good friend um Niven Jojo uh we have done a lot of uh little stuff on the little like couple of projects on the side together uh and one of them was his portfolio <laughs> I might just grab my dog do you mind it's okay so yeah I'll be two seconds. I can I can pause it. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> All Get it good. around it. Fix it in post. All good. So yeah, you were talking about your friend um, who is the I, I was worried about pronouncing it wrong. But yeah, that that's exactly who I remember. Yep. Yeah. So he's a good mate of mine, still a good mate of mine. Uh, and we've done a lot of projects together. So um I kind of designed his website and um, I mean, honestly, he, he developed it. So uh, we did a, uh, a markdown app called Focus Fox. I designed it, he developed it. Um, so a lot of that stuff uh, designs from my side. And then uh, he actually builds the thing because, you know, I know a bit of code, but let's be real. I don't know. The reason I use Webflow is because I don't want to have to learn too much of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really good, um, uh, really good thing to have, like a good collaboration where didn't have to do both the design, the design and the development for complex stuff. Um, so yeah, we, we did focus box. We did this, uh, website called app ideas, which were just these horrible, uh, app <laughs> ideas. It was a generator that just made these awful ideas. What's an awful uh, idea. What's an awful idea. Well, let me bring it up <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, and obviously the reason we did this was because we were trying to think of, uh, think of things to make and we just, we couldn't think of anything to make. Um, so, uh, a choose your own adventure for a coffee break, uh, an audio book app for understanding blockchain, uh, an accounting app for YouTube celebrities, a pyramid scheme for Silicon Valley bros. So you, you get the idea. <laughs> it just generates terrible ideas. So you guys had to think of all of those or was there a way that it generated itself? So we, we wrote a, we wrote two lists and one of them was the actual app and the other list was like who it was for. So oh the, the top part is like a farm simulating, uh, a farm simulation game. And then the bottom part is for struggling musicians. And then it would just <laughs> pull random ones from either of those lists. So 
uh how much of your life um do you get to do these like fun things (laughs) (laughs) not much anymore (laughs) not much anymore um uh, having a dog takes a lot of time uh, doing <laughs> content takes a lot of time um client work takes a lot of time so there's there's fun stuff that I've been wanting to do on the side but it just hasn't been a priority right now um so yeah I want to get back into doing more fun stuff I want to get back to it I was um uh sometimes I I get thrown into these meetings with people that I don't know like they'll just like set up the meeting on my my calendly and then we'll just hang out um and so and you, and you don't know them? <laughs> yeah so like I'll, I'll like talk to them like a little bit on linkedin and then we'll just like hang out i'm like hi i'm emily nice to meet you and they're like hi i'm this person right. i'm like oh, cool it's more people and so uh, i was hanging out with this guy from los angeles and he was talking about stuff and he was I told him about the podcast and I'm like, yeah, like I had this person on having Nikolai Bain on next. He's like, I love his YouTube channel. (laughs) Wow. That's really nice. (laughs) He, and then he said something like, um, uh, I wonder if he's that funny, like all the time (laughs) with the jokes that you put into your, (laughs) your YouTube videos. (laughs) You know, I, I try to be funny, but my friends will tell you that I'm not funny. Um, really very annoying to be around. Um, but I, I hope I'm that funny in real life. I don't think I am. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to be funny all the time, but somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. I always find it very strange whenever like a friend of mine will be watching one of my YouTube videos and they like send me a video of them watching it on their iPad or (laughs) I hear somebody from like India or a place like that just message me saying hey I was listening to your podcast and stuff like that and that's very strange to me that like other people watch it (laughs) and everything like that it's not something that I expect um so does that feel weird that this guy is reaching out to you like hey or through reaching out to you through me saying oh my gosh I love your YouTube channel I love your videos yeah it's uh it's really nice I gotta say like um I think um I mean, I'm just doing this stuff because uh, obviously it's it's kind of fun. Um, initially, it was to try and do something that kind of scared me and making YouTube videos did scare me a lot. Um, really? And if you or anyone goes back and watch, watches my first video, um, it's really bad. Um, but that's usually how it is for most things. Uh, I haven't listened to the first episode of this podcast, but... Uh, <laughs> It's really tough to be really good straight off the bat. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm at a point where the, the videos aren't terrible now. Uh, and it's really nice people um, saying that they're enjoying them. You're, you're not willing to say good yet? You're, you're only at the not terrible <laughs> for yourself? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, I, um, the fact that they're really short, I think, is really good because I, I, uh, I don't want them to be long. And people kind of like, get to the point. So, um they were right, but you know, I, I know they can always be better. So we'll see. I don't know how I'm going to improve them, but they'll get better. Speaking of of fun things, um, I have this fun thing that I'm doing, and you're involved in it, and you don't, you're like not aware of it at all. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually uh, I'm taking Connor's MVMP course right now. Oh. <laughs> So I'm using your your template. I'm I'm making like a, a fun thing with it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Connor is um Connor is great. 
Um, he used to uh, live in Wellington uh, and obviously now he's in Canada. Um, but yeah, we, we still catch up. I usually go to him uh, when I need some inspiration and he kind of slaps some sense into me every time. So <laughs> he's a uh, really, really good guy. Really good dude. I, uh, to prepare for this, I watched a lot of your YouTube videos and I also listened to the podcast that you and Connor did together for Unicorn Factory too. Yeah. And, um, uh, I thought it was kind of funny that you reached out to him, like cold email saying like, Hey, these are things I could do to improve your website. Like you want to do it? And he was like, yes, please help. (laughs) Let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. That was, that was such a long time ago. Uh, I haven't done outreach um in such a long time and some people are really good at outreach um I don't know if I'm good at it or not I just don't enjoy it um because you know part of outreach is just a lot of people not getting back to you and uh I didn't deal with that well um but yeah like I, I learned about uh kind of warm email outreach where you kind of look at their website and you actually see what can be improved and then you email, not just like, Hey, I can help you. But like, um, this is what I saw on your website. This is some things we could do. Like, let me know if you wanted to chat. Um, but that, that takes a little bit of effort and a lot of people don't email back. So it's, it's a tough way to get clients. Um, do you seek out things that, that scare you when you're trying to do new things like that? I do. I really do. Um, yeah. So, so for example, the YouTube thing, uh, it was really tough for me to get started. And then I did two videos and then I stopped for about three months. I took the videos down because, uh, it was too freaky. Um, and then I started doing them again and, um, that's been really good to do them consistently. And so now, um, I am going to start a kind of a, a stream, like a live stream of, um, building Webflow templates and kind of chatting to people on YouTube. Um, and so that's another thing that's very different, very new. And I think the best way for me to try something different and grow uh, that still feels um, still feels relevant. It, it feels like it's in the same space. Yeah. I, I Whenever I see people do that, like live streaming, building anything, like the... Aaron from Automate All the Things and other mm. people doing those. That seems to me like the ultimate scary thing to do is like to build something live while other people are hanging yeah. out with you and like <laughs> trying to fix things as they happen and not knowing all of that kind of stuff. So how, how do you feel about that? I'll, yeah, I'll see how it goes. I know <laughs> issues that come up, but um, yeah, I mean, Aaron's been doing it amazing for a long time. FinSuite have obviously do a, a lot of live streams. Um, so if, if these guys can do it, um, you know, if other people can do it, it's, it is tough though. You got to, and I, I just got to know that the first one's probably not going to be that good. Um, and then I'm going to keep doing them, but um, there will definitely be issues and it'll be okay. Yeah. I I think that um so somebody told me something a, a while ago that really helped a lot when it came mm. to really doing anything. Um and she told me uh like hey um if if the thing that you're doing isn't really like scaring you and you're not nervous about it, then it's probably not the best thing to do <laughs> if you're too comfortable with it. Uh, the same thing as if um 
hey, if if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's very true. There's a point, you know, because there's some things that I know that I'm not good at or, or I know that I don't like and I could jump into them and, and get better at them, but uh, I'd rather not, you know, I'd rather get better at the things that I'm already good at. So it's definitely a balance. It's definitely a balance. I could do crazy things um, every week that is outside my comfort zone uh, and really push and grow a lot. But um, that's too much. You know, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. So um, it's a balance. I, I imagine the first episode for you was super freaky. Oh my God. I was so nervous. Yeah. I, I had to do it with a friend that I've known for years uh and and actually when the first couple people that were on the podcast um I didn't even have the video on like mm. it was like a phone call <laughs> and because I was too nervous to like have the camera on for some reason so mm. uh, yeah it's also so hard to listen to episodes because you just start cringing <laughs> even though it's perfectly fine <laughs> yeah yeah but the point is like you it, it always like you get better at it you know, it's just a question of whether you want to keep doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. But sometimes you have to do it a couple of times to know whether it's worth, whether you, you actually enjoy it enough. Because again, if I only did one YouTube video, I would have been like, oh, I do not like this. This is too tough. I am not doing this and just written it off as something that was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't figure that out after one video. You kind of have to do a couple before you realize that it is or isn't for you. Um, yeah. I feel like um, people that are in like the Webflow world and and all of that, it seems very social. <laughs> like there's a lot that uh, that people do and post and hang out together and everything like that. Uh, that seems very different than the graphic design world. Um, do do you think so? Maybe being from both. You know, I'm I'm not sure. I would say that because Webflow is quite a niche tool compared to something general like graphic design because if you compared graphic design as a community to web design as a community there are a lot of small communities within but wow the webflow community is super social and like super positive and just great really really good um and uh, whatever i think of graphic design i think of uh, chris doe and really um, uh he's, he's one of the big names that i think of you know and, and that <laughs> that dude scares me. Like I would, um, I don't know if I could be in the same room as him. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't know. He, he is so, uh, so, uh, such intense energy. Like a presence. <laughs> yeah. Like a presence, but like, I don't want to say anything around him cause he'll make me feel stupid. Like <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh my God. Uh, I, I, in my mind, like all through growing up, um, there was this whole thing of um, I, I put these people on a pedestal in my life. Like mm. I thought that they were like incredible and and almost like I didn't think that they were real people at all. Um, they were kind of just people that I saw on TV or something like that. And uh, growing up, I idolized the the people from uh, Pentagram in in New York. Do you know that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes like uh like Michael Beirut and Paula Sherry and everybody like they were just like kind of like names to me that occasionally had a face um (laughs) and I uh then I did a internship in New York for a 
um, architecture company. And on the wow. weekends, I, I had like no friends. So I would just like walk around New York and like maybe by lunch and then walk home. Wow. <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was crazy because like um, all these like famous buildings were there. And then you're just like, I'm just standing here like this is this is crazy. And uh, I, I this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, <laughs> there good. I uh, I was there during the um, uh, the the U.N., like the United Nations. Um, mm. And there was this this restaurant that I was walking past and this this Asian guy walked out towards a limo. And then all of a sudden this this uh, entire restaurant like just emptied out of like just a crowd of Asian people taking pictures of him. I had no idea who mm. this guy was at all. And so I asked one of the women in the crowd, I was like, who is this person? Like, why is this such a big deal? And I had just walked walk the crosswalk with him. I was like yeah. within like six feet of him and his bodyguards. And they're like, oh, that's the prime minister of Singapore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I, I no idea who this guy was um <laughs> and then i uh, i do this thing sometimes where i reach out to people like like you experienced me reaching out to you just uh to be friends or or anything like that and um there was actually a, a woman that was working at pentagram who was from my hometown we didn't know each other or anything like that but i reached out to her and was like hey do you want to be friends you want to like go out to coffee and she said hey would um would you like to come to the office wow cool and i was like i want to come to the what <laughs> what who who you think okay um and so i went uh like i i, I skipped work that day and my boss was like please go it's, it's totally fine they're they're really cool go hang out with them and um i i went there and uh i was sitting in the lobby and it was like just an office <laughs> like yeah. not, I was there I, like just the fact that it was it had four walls and it wasn't like I don't know it wasn't a movie or something like that um mm. it was a weird experience and I was sitting there for a while and then um Natasha Jen walked right past me and she stared at me for like a second and I smiled at her <laughs> and then she just walked away <laughs> And it was really funny. And and later on, the 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 girl um that the woman that was like walking me around, uh, I told her I was like, yeah, I, like I love Michael Beirut. Like he's the reason that I started graphic design. He's the reason I went to a, a co op school, which is like six months on an internship, six months in school. Um, right. like he he's like such an awesome guy. And she's like, oh, do you want his email? And I said, what? <laughs> I was like on cloud nine. I thought it was incredible. And then I emailed him saying like, not asking for anything, but just telling him like, Hey, you're the reason that I went to this kind of school. You're the reason that I'm like here. Uh, thank you so much. You have no idea who I am, but thank you. And then he responded. And that was kind of like the moment, like the podcast helped a lot with this too, but that was the moment where I started to realize like how accessible people are. <laughs> It's just so it was so crazy. And, and I started to um, like look at people more as people like still I like before the Vlad podcast, I was a mess. I was like uh, so nervous. Like mm. I I like started a, a fight with my boyfriend like right before because I was like so nervous. I'm like, you're like messing things up. I'm so nervous. You're going to like get in my way. And he's like, relax. You're going to be fine. 
<laughs> but but yeah, so so when the, that whole tangent thing, um, like about Christo and everything like that, like Michael Beirut was was my Christo. Like I I thought mm. he was like everything that that anybody could be, and and he was just a guy. It was it was such a weird experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Um, it's good to have these these people that you kind of look up to and try and learn from. Um, but obviously, yeah, like meeting them in person can be quite different or it might not be. Um, and to be fair, like in terms of people who I look up to and who inspire me, uh, Chris Doe is amazing, but he scares me too much. I, I, um, <laughs> there are other people that I watch and listen to, uh, just cause he's, uh, far too intense. Um, and so, uh, there's a really great guy called Jonathan Stark, who um, does a lot of stuff about uh, pricing and pricing for websites. Really? Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I listen to a lot of him. Um, can't think of anyone, uh, anyone else off the top of my head. Um, yeah. But it's good to have these people, you know, that, that we look up to and learn from. Um, and I'm not the kind of guy who reaches out to people uh just because i don't know what i would ask them and so i'm like it's probably easier i just stay in my stay in my lane uh, but that's really cool that you, you reach out to all these people a lot of people come it um it became a thing where uh like before this is like a very normal thing to feel uh before you think that you're bothering them or something like that and mm. uh you're like oh my god like I'm going to annoy this person or anything like that. And once I realized that like people had their, the ability to just not respond to me, (laughs) like it was totally within their ability to just not respond. That's when I realized like, Oh, like me sending an email, like isn't a big deal or me texting. Cause sometimes people don't respond, but like the number of people that do is like really insane. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Honestly, more people could could take that advice because I not even I take that advice. <laughs> I I think that um uh some people might even look at you that way too, you know. Like some people might even be uh be like, oh, like I wish I could could uh, reach out to him or it'd be so cool to just hang out sometime. Um, but they they don't because they're worried about bothering you. Well, I mean, I will say I am nothing compared to anyone else. I'm just a dude like sitting at my desk doing my thing. Um, and so I am really, I'm, I would be happy if anyone reaches out to me. Anytime someone comments on my YouTube video, I'm like, that is so nice of them. <laughs> um, anything right now is amazing. Uh, but I'm just, man, I'm just a dude um, as everyone is. Even, even uh, Chris Doe, he's just a dude you know, with a dog, maybe he doesn't have a dog, but I have a dog. Um, <laughs> Point yeah, one. it's no different. <laughs> like, and, and these people who want to reach out to people should, but then they should also do things that make people want to reach out to them. Yeah. Like, like what, what you do with, with websites that you do and videos that you make and all of these different things that you do. Definitely content of any kind um, of what's most comfortable to people. Uh, definitely um, anything, any kind of content, um, anything that makes them like be seen. Um, and I think maybe a small part of that is showing yourself in some way. Uh, it's a little bit easy to gain traction once people can actually 
see you and they kind of think of something when they when they hear your name um like neil patel uh, i don't even know if I'm, i think i'm saying his name right um why does that sound so familiar the, yeah he's real big in the seo world but mm. his website uh has his face on it on almost every page and so uh it's a name that people recognize and a face that people recognize so um part of that's important but um not always either way people should make content um there's this guy who lives uh, in, in my town, uh, sorry, in Wellington, in my city, uh, that I caught up with because he has uh, 150, over 150,000 uh, followers on uh, Instagram. Uh, and so I got coffee with him and I just asked him, how did you do that? Like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and again, just another dude who just posts on a frequent basis and he gets people who reach out to him. And if he doesn't post, uh, people will say like, hey man, what, what's up? Like, where you at? Where's, um, where's the post? Oh, wow. so, and, and that's Instagram, you know, that's just, that's not his face or anything. That's just good content that he's posting. Uh, so any format of any content is good. You know, the, the whole thing of like, um, uh, I, I met up with this guy recently and I won't say his name or anything like that, but he's this guy that has this incredible career. Um, all Cook. of these things. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, but there's, he has this incredible career. he like worked at all these different amazing brands and everything like that. Um, and just talking to him, like he was just constantly comparing himself to other people. And, and like, I was like, so many people like compare themselves to you and like, you're amazing and all of these things that you do. And he's like, and he like listed all of these other people. He's like, I could be like, like this person. I could be like that person, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, once I, I saw him say that, I was like, wow, then I guess like most people feel this way. If like, you're saying this and you've done all of this crazy stuff. And so many people can like, just the idea that the person that you're comparing yourself to could possibly be comparing themselves to another person and not possibly, but like mostly probably. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I think like it's both a good thing and a bad thing because at any point in time, I can decide to compare myself to those who uh, have more followers than me or et cetera, right? Like any of that stuff, or I can peer can compare myself to someone um, who I don't know how to say this properly, you know, is, is less well-known or whatever. And then I can decide more junior. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can decide to do something based on that. And I'm more fired up if I compare myself to someone who, you know, like Christo or whatever, I'm like, damn, like he's got all of that. Like maybe I can push myself a little bit to get to that point, but comparison isn't always good. You know, as, as with many things is a fine line, slippery slope. Um, But it can help sometimes. Yeah. I, I I noticed with like the change from graphic design to to webflow world um when I was in the graphic design world uh I when other people did stuff um that was so amazing or or beautiful or the craft was awesome um or all of that like I couldn't enjoy it for some reason because I was like somehow there's a part of me that's like, oh, I wish I thought of that, or I wish I did that or something like that. Yeah. But then once I started doing Webflow stuff, it seemed like the whole um, ethos of it is 
anything that another person can do that's great is good for you because you can look at what they've done and you could possibly do that too. It it's very much a shift. And did did you feel that too when you when you made that shift? Hard to say, hard to say. But I mean, the fact that Webflow is still relatively quite small, and it is relatively quite small compared to WordPress, etc. Uh, anyone in the space who has helped pushing it is helping the rest of us as well. Um, because if if Webflow's name is bigger, that that helps all of us, all of the developers, all of the agencies. So in that way, yes, which is uh, different to graphic design, which is very general, but maybe Canva, maybe people who are in mm. Canva and like doing Canva, uh, when anyone does something in there, it helps everyone else in Canva. Um, so maybe that's just the, um, the difference between like a smaller community and a bigger community. Um, it also helps that with Webflow, when someone creates something, a lot of the time, they'll make it so that you can build on top of that mm. uh, rather than just sharing their work. There's a lot of collaboration and a lot of giving as well. I, I, I can't even tell you the, the amount of amazing things that people have given me over like just the last couple of months. And, and I'd be working on a project and one of my friends will text me. He's like, Oh, I think I have a clonable for that. Like, do you want me to send that to you? And all exactly. Kind of exactly. That. <laughs> Yeah, and again, that speed things up and make things easier for everyone else. Um, clonable is such a blessing. So, when it when it comes to you and uh, your your place in this, um, were there people that that really helped you? Because I can totally list people that like whether they're like public figures, like um, the McGuire guy from Webflow University. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or personal friends uh uh who who helped you when when you first started with webflow i mean webflow university on youtube is just fantastic really fantastic um other than that it's it's kind of hard to say i think the thing that helped me more uh was reading about certain kind of marketing and sales things like hmm. that gave me more of an insight that's more than just development because if you only read about development and watch development and learn about development then you're going to become a really really good developer um but the marketing side kind of falls short the sales mm. side falls short a little bit and i am not the best webflow developer out there i still haven't learned uh client first fin suite client first um uh, styling convention naming conventions um, but I, I hope to eventually, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a big commitment on my development side and I want to get better at marketing and at sales, uh, and at connecting with people, um, rather than development. Yeah. You want to be more, uh, what's the word? Um, it's not wholesome. It's, uh, well-rounded. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I try and be wholesome as well. <laughs> I definitely try and be wholesome. Um, I was like, it's a whole, no, it's well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, definitely a bit of both. Yeah, I mean, well-rounded, but just like look at all of the stuff that we're doing, the design and the development from a business point of view to actually understand why clients um, are doing work with us. Uh, and again, how we can add more value as freelancers rather than just, 
developing a website because um, there's so much you can learn on the sales and marketing side that is a lot of fun and very interesting um, if, if you're someone who wants to learn all of that side rather than learn more about development it it seems to me so i want to hear what you think of this thing um so uh, i remember being in school and uh like before covid and all of this kind of stuff and but yeah before before webflow before all of that when i was in school um when i looked at all of this kind of stuff it's like okay you can either go to school and you can learn about business and marketing and sales one of and and that's like your life and that's all you do at all and then you could go to graphic design that's all you do at all all of this kind of stuff um it seems like that that wasn't really something that i i liked i had all these different interests like this whole idea of having like a personalized major was like kind of cool to me um but i i didn't like being like told that i have to be in this little box that somebody just decides for me and mm. it seems to me like you don't like that either <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i think um college and university and all of those things are really good when you want a specific kind of job and you just want to learn how to do it because when you're at uh an accounting firm if you're an accountant or a um, development firm if you're a development uh, developer then you can only learn that thing and learn how to do it really really well and then you know move up the ranks in that company um, but you're kind of still learning the same kind of thing so again you can be a really good accountant in an accounting firm and not have to learn about sales and marketing but when uh, for me I, I I wanted to try a bunch of different stuff. Um, I kind of wanted to do the, the road, the path, less traveled, whatever they say. <laughs> uh, and so when you want to do that side, there's a lot of other stuff that you have to learn that a lot of people don't want to learn. Mm. And so it's, it's definitely a choice. You know, it, it depends on who you are. Um, some people prefer to just learn the thing, get really good at the thing, and then get into a really good company that does the thing. And that is awesome. Like that is a really, really good thing to be doing. Um, and some people just want to play around and see what works for them. And then um, for me, this is really important to me, but build a lifestyle around that thing. Mm. And so that's what I've been doing. You know, a lot of experimentation within my business, a lot of stuff that has worked and hasn't worked, a lot of tough times. And uh, you take that over having a really solid job and, and you get job benefits and all of that stuff. Uh, but you don't get to pick any of this stuff. You don't get to play around and try and change your hours. It's two very different worlds, isn't it? It, it does seem like um, like people that either have their own LLC or have their own freelancing and, and put a lot of time, effort, all of that into it, and then it, it works. And, and you, you have this life that on the outside might seem like, oh, he's so lucky or all of this kind of stuff. But in reality, <laughs> there was a lot that went into it. And and the life that that person lives versus the life that another person lives of uh, um, reporting to somebody else and all of that kind of stuff, not making any comments on the differences, but just that um, it's almost like you're living two totally different lives in my mind. Yeah, but they're, they're two completely different paths. 
Yeah. Um, and a lot of it's based on personality. Like I am a little bit of a workaholic. Like I'm thinking about, which is good for me <laughs> in a way. It's, it's not good. Sorry. It's not good, but uh, it's enjoyable for me to be thinking about um, business stuff and webflow stuff while I'm cooking dinner or whatever, because my work is my life. Um, whereas if you get a really solid job at a place, um, usually you can uh, leave it at five and go home uh, and have a nice evening and make dinner, et cetera. And you don't have to be thinking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is a lot of, uh, a lot more people who have those kind of jobs are now, uh, cause it's a lot easier to get in touch with people after work hours, Slack, et cetera. Um, but either way, you know, one of them, I'm always thinking about my business and that's because I really enjoy that. Um, but a lot of people that would be a nightmare too. <laughs> I think that um, there's a part of that, that um, sometimes when you hang out with your friends that, that uh, don't feel that way, um, they kind of think that you're weird <laughs> when you just want to talk about what you're doing or this new tool that you learned and all of this kind of stuff. And sometimes it's like hard to, hard to relate or they're like, oh my God, like, I don't feel like talking about work. Can we like talk about anything else? And I'm like, I get bummed. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't talk much shop around my friends just as much as they can bear. Um, Cause none of them know Webflow that well. Uh, other than my girlfriend, she has to hear a lot more than she'd probably like to hear. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is different. It is very different. Um, luckily, um, everyone has movies, so everyone can talk about movies. So we're fine. <laughs> we're good. People just talk about movies. That's what's that's what's uh, grounding everything. Yeah, that's what's that's what's uniting us all. <laughs> but I mean, the the friendships that I've made with my with uh, either people who like do more development um, or things like that. It's I don't know, just having those friends that understand what you do. Um, and are doing the same thing, but you're not working together. It's it's so fun because I can like send my mm, friends yeah. cool websites that I find, and um, or like I don't know they'll post something on LinkedIn, and I like enthusiastically comment. I'm like, oh my god, go Francesco, and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. No. It's 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 so fun. Yeah, you were saying <laughs> it is fun. No, it is good to have those connections as well. It is good to have people you can talk to her say hey webflow's uh, webflow's pretty good isn't it and they say you know what webflow is actually pretty good. Is pretty good so that is nice to have as well and it is very important um especially because it's not good like feeling isolated as a freelancer or as a business owner you definitely want people to be able to talk to um and especially to say like hey this is kind of hard sometimes yeah and the other person says yeah it kind of is um so you're right yeah super good to have those connections and you were saying that like like you've been doing this for a while and you had ups and downs and stuff like that. So what what kind of things did you kind of hit as an obstacle that you weren't really expecting? Do you feel comfortable talking about that? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, there are always obstacles. There are always obstacles. Luckily, no legal obstacles. Um, all of the clients that I've worked with have been so lovely and I feel very blessed in that way. Um, early on, not getting any clients, that was tough and not really knowing if that was going to change. That was very tough. Um, 
and then overworking a lot. And mm. like I said, I'm a workaholic. I'm, I'm fine to overwork when I'm doing my own thing. But when I'm overworking on multiple client projects, uh, that is also tough. Um, I have a massive problem with not being able to say no. Um, mm. And so that's something that I struggle with still on a weekly basis. A um, lot of struggles all the time. And it's very enjoyable. It's part of the process. <laughs> um, You're enjoying the struggle bus. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to. You know, it shows you where, where you need to improve. So uh, it's it's all a part of the game. Um, one thing that, that I struggle with is definitely the... Um, uh, worrying that the thing that I'm about to commit to like whether or not I can do it or not um even if like I know that I can like just worrying that like there's going to be an integration that I'm not going to be able to figure out or something like that but the thing that that helps me with that is the number of friends that I have that I know would be able to hang out with me and figure it out with me um I think that that's like probably a, a big thing just for some reason, like doubting myself and, and can I do this? And the answer is yes. But for some reason, like before I commit to it, it's very nerve wracking. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I don't, I don't know if we want to have the pricing conversation, but a big part of that is also how you price. Yeah. Because um, depending on how you price, you definitely take projects on a lot differently. Yeah. But we don't yeah. need to talk about that if, if we don't. No, you can talk about it. Yeah. Anything that you like talking about, we can talk about. Yeah. So, so do you price hourly or, or project-based? So I watched that Chris Doe YouTube video, the one that kind of went viral. And then I read that book that he talked about. Um, and so what book was it? the, the pricing manifesto, he, he, gotcha. so he did this, this video um, at the AIGA American Institute of Graphic Arts convention thing. Um, this is a long winded way of me saying his suggestion was to do it like project based and then add hourly on top of it if it goes beyond the time frame that you agreed to. That's kind of like the advice that I got from him, which is working so far. <laughs> so again, so project based and then yeah. hourly if, if there's more work. Yeah, yeah, like extra iterations, more time than than was originally planned, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So do you give a uh, a project? price up front and then they pay some of that up front or it's not an estimate it's an actual this is the price of this scope and if there's extra scope then we'll add that on top yeah yeah so it, it's it would be 50 percent up front and then 50 percent upon launch and then that would the additional hours would be added to the launch invoice yeah that's a that's a great way to price yeah basically i mean anything similar to that is um pretty darn good um yeah i mean there's a whole spiel about why we shouldn't be working hourly um which is that uh, and you probably know the spiel but but (laughs) when you're working hourly um the incentives of of the client and the freelancer are different because the freelancer doesn't want to work faster because then they get paid less Mm. Um, and the client wants the freelancer to work faster so uh if you get better uh, at doing anything when you're on an hourly basis, you're actually making less money. So it doesn't make sense to speed up your workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do a project price and you you know give that price upfront, um, the client wants the project done fast and you want the project done fast. Um, you want to you know get to the best solution 
as quick as possible. So um, the objectives are aligned. Uh, but you don't need that spiel because you're, you're doing project-based anyway. So yeah, I'm not the only one here. <laughs> <laughs> are there other people? In the world? <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I thought that the whole um, like pricing creativity thing was very interesting, especially mm. like the whole, this is like something I didn't even think of before, but, um, and I'm not sure if, if the author of the, 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 the guy you were talking about talked about this too, but um, going with, okay, so I'm going to make this thing for you. This is kind of like the estimated amount of what I think we could earn you. Um, how about the price of the project is this percentage of what we think that this project will be able to bring in? That way, it's like an investment for that amount of income, which is a very hard thing to do, very hard yes. thing to get information on, but very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Value-based is very interesting. And if anything, that's what we should all be trying to move towards. The problem with value-based is you have to be really good at the conversation uh, when you talk to the client and you have to be really comfortable with asking about numbers and how much they make per month and uh, how, how much revenue they're getting per month and if we did this thing how can we improve that and you say oh interesting right so if, if you're going to make that much extra per month uh, per month or for the year well then let's just make the price of this project 10 percent of that and so that is a great thing to be moving towards but uh, that is very difficult um, mm. and it's not something that should be done um, if you're moving from hourly you should definitely do um, basically what you're doing right now, that kind of project pricing before, uh, before we go into that, I'm still trying to move towards that. And I think that's the end goal. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts of like how you would get that information though? Like you're, you're just, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you're, you can answer my question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All you have to do. And again, I kick my, myself every time I have a, a call with a client uh, is just ask the client. Um, just say how many leads do you get through your website? How mm -hmm. how uh, how much traffic do you get from your website? Um, and how many of those leads actually turn into customers? And so you're actually trying to find out how valuable the website is currently. Uh, and then you say, okay, how can we improve on that? And so they say they want a website redesign, and you say, yeah, we can do a website redesign. Um, but if we only improve the conversion through the website. Um, and you don't say this during the call, but you think like mm -hmm. if, if we only improve the conversion of this website by uh, 10%, then that's X amount per month and X amount for a year. Uh, and then you base the price off of that amount. And with project pricing, with what you're doing and basically what I'm doing right now, it's kind of hourly plus some uh, mm -hmm. and also just what kind of feels right for the project. And you can make a, a good amount off of that. Like you can mm -hmm. make a really solid amount but value pricing uh is still better because you might find that there are actually uh, different ways to get to that outcome than the client uh, is actually suggesting mm. yeah and and that's totally something that you would try to ask as many questions as possible be like okay i'm gonna get back to you with like a proposal or i'm gonna get back to you with all and then in the meantime you like you don't do all that math on the on the spot <laughs> No, yeah, you didn't get on the spot. Yeah, you just ask as many questions. And again, I'm saying this because I, I, I don't do it perfectly as well. And I'm trying to improve 
how I do it, but you just, you just have a, an honest conversation trying to understand their business and how it works uh, and how you can improve their business. Um, and so rather than just updating their website, there might be a better way to improve their business than they actually think that they want. Um, it's a tough one though. It's a doozy. When, when you look back and, and you, you thought about like obstacles that you had, um, sometimes you can also look on the flip side and think back to things that like kind of saved you. Um, I can tell you like a number of things that like saved me from like not being able to pay rent and all this kind of stuff when it came to like clients that I had or um, I don't know, just starting the podcast, all these different things. Um, so when you look back, were there things that that kind of saved you that you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I did that when I did it? <laughs> oh, Tough to say, tough to say. I mean, um, Connor has really helped a lot when I'm, when I'm feeling stuck. He says, dude, mm-hmm. just come on. You know you're supposed to be doing this. Just do that. And I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> and then I go and I actually do that um, and it always helps. Um, so definitely just talking to the right people has helped. Um, taking a step back and trying to figure out like, what's the problem here? I, it's hard to say specific things. Um, Denial. What about you? What are you thinking? Uh, stuff that saved me. Yeah. Um. I think the biggest advice that I would ever have, when it comes to making friends, um, with with people that do this, is to not ask for for anything. Um, when when you're getting to know somebody, uh, and and just uh, wanting to be friends. I think mm. that that is the the biggest thing that that saved me. Uh, it got me the the job that I have because somebody that I knew just recommended me, and I got to like skip ahead of all the other candidates, and she just put my name in front of all of them, and then I got the job, nice. which was incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that that uh, just not doing things because other people tell you what's the thing that should be done <laughs> like mm. you only have so much energy and there was this Rand Seagal video that I watched a long time ago which was so weird to have him on because he was the reason that I started a podcast at all um it was so surreal um and um yeah like if you only have so much energy do the things that you actually really enjoy and you'll do them well I think that those are the biggest things. If if you're making friends, make friends with people that you actually like. Don't just make friends with people that you think might help you. And then if you're going to do anything at all, like do something that you like because you'll do a good job at it. Yeah, very true. Also, don't work with uh, clients who you get on a call with and you're like, oh, I don't know, like it's a good, pro- it's a big project, but I don't know how I feel about the client. Yeah. Um, I've never worked with a client that, uh, I didn't feel good about because I, I, you know, there's going to be issues. It's just, it's not worth it. Um, and even if there's not project issues, it can still feel draining. Um, and yeah, totally true about just leaning into things that, that you enjoy as well. Because uh, again, there are so many options for what to be doing, like podcast, YouTube, Instagram. So those are the social media things, but then there's so many more. You can just be reaching out to people. You can try cold emails or warm emails. There's so many things. So it's, much better to find the thing that you enjoy doing the most and then just keep doing it. Yeah. I, I can tell you that, um, 
when when I first started doing this podcast, it was because I was pretty much doing the podcast anyway. Uh, but I wasn't recording it. I was reaching out to people on on oh. <laughs> LinkedIn, and I was like, I was I was so such a dork. Um, <laughs> I reached out to people, and I was like, Hey, I think you're cool. Do you want to be friends or something like that? And and the, uh, I would have like hour long phone calls with people, like telling them them telling me about their lives and and like advice and all of this kind of stuff. And I ended up staying friends with with a lot of them. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I don't I don't know what it is, but it's it's very fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, like to be fair, I uh, I try to be a wholesome and a whole grain kind of guy. But I am very bad at reaching out to people uh, and setting up things like this because uh, I just don't think about it. I just, Mm. I really, it passes my mind and I always feel like I have so much on that I just don't have time for it, which isn't true, which there's always time for people. Um, But anyway, it's not my, it's not my strongest thing. And so it's not the thing that I'm doing on a regular basis. Um, And obviously it is your strongest thing. And it is so (laughs) awesome that you do uh, a podcast every week. Very cool. (laughs) It's um uh I I just think that people just even hang out with me that's really cool. Um but I when we were talking before about um advice and and stuff like that um mm. it seems like there's a lot of advice that you have for for people like out there that are getting started and stuff like that like I know that that you put together a course and and like you have your YouTube channel and everything like that um do you get excited about um other people hearing the stuff that that you went through and you learned from and and excited to like share that with other people yeah I mean if it helps I guess like I I don't know if any of the stuff I'm saying helps but if it helps um but yeah i mean everyone has uh their own journey to go through and um i know that a lot of the stuff that i've learned i've literally just learned from books and you've learned a lot of stuff from youtube and so everyone just learns from somewhere and then can like continues to do their own thing until they have their own thing going and then they teach other people um what was the question i I don't even (laughs) well it, it seems like like there's a lot that that you've learned from other people. Um, but I, I notice a lot when, when um, there are people that, that get a lot of mentorship from, from other people that are out there, or they find a lot of resources online and stuff like that. And they kind of like become this library of like knowledge and experiences and all of these different things. And sometimes those people, when they have the opportunity to like give that back to somebody new or somebody more junior, like it's a really fulfilling thing yeah, that's to true. do that's true yeah and I um I'm crazy about that and I do a lot of reading and then I highlight quotes for my reading and then in Notion I have every book that I've read and the quotes that I've taken from those books and I go back really? and read through all of them I am insane I'm an insane person um <laughs> and I don't how, how does that how, how do you like keep up with that uh so i i have a um a, a kobo like a kindle and so yeah. i highlight passages and then when i've finished a book it shows me all of the passages that i highlighted and then i go into notion and i type them all out um because when i type them out i rethink about them and it that else that also helps um and so 
Yeah. So again, I'm an, I'm an insane person with information. I just don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be a know-it-all because I don't know it all. And that's why I'm reading all of this stuff. I, I, um, I think that there's a lot to sharing what, what you have. The, the, the whole thing about, where do I start? So like when it comes to mm. like the whole know-it-all thing, um, I think that if you don't think that you, you know it all, but you still want to share all of that kind of stuff, I think that that's kind of like showing yourself in progress. <laughs> mm. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting started. Like, this is at least like what helps me. I know that I'm going to probably be a totally different person five years from now, but like, here it is <laughs> and all of that. I don't think anybody would ever really see you as a know-it-all if you were like, hey, if it helps, here you go. If it doesn't, keep scrolling. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. And also, like, again, all of the stuff that I say is just uh, taken from all these different spaces and distilled into what I think is helpful. But, um, you know, anything that I'm saying is basically just from other more brilliant people. And they're probably just rehashing stuff from other more brilliant people. So everything's reused and rejigged. So uh, and all of that advice is still very good anyway, and very helpful. Yeah. Uh, have there ever been uh, people that um, you really felt um, that that you you helped or uh, um, moments that you were really proud of that you're like, you know what, like, I was there to give this person advice and like, I'm still not like an old wise man with a long beard or anything like that. <laughs> but that was like a cool moment that I was able to talk to that person yeah yeah i'm not majorly i had i had someone uh, message me on instagram saying that they went through my course and that it helped them get an x amount of projects and that was kind of cool that was kind of yeah. like huh, like they did this thing and it actually helped and they actually used that information for their day-to-day stuff and it actually in, uh, improved their their situation so that was really cool but again like all of the stuff that we're doing as freelancers we're helping our clients on a weekly basis yeah well when when it comes to the things that that you do um uh you have your your client work you have your youtube stuff you have like all of these other things that you do um what do you think is the thing that i don't know like what do you enjoy the most day to day i'm not sure yet I'm, i'm really enjoying youtube right now that's been really fun for me uh i do templates on the side that's also been really fun uh, i still love doing client work um because collaborating with clients is also really fun um I, a lot of the stuff that i'm doing now i'm really enjoying i'm just doing too much I'm just doing far too much of it and i don't have enough time for it all um that's the problem when you find a bunch of things you enjoy yeah it's yeah, you, so. when you were talking about like um hard to say no and stuff like that um like you you feel like you you say yes a lot to all these different projects and opportunities I feel like that's that's good but at the same time I could totally see that as like overwhelming and everything like that like how how do you deal with with that um and and trying to figure out what to say yes to and what to say no to especially if you're living a life of a little bit more uncertainty than the the average person in life yeah yeah well I think the main problem is that I'm at the point where I'm only just getting more work than I can handle and I have to say no to even 
good opportunities. Um, and I want to do it all. I just can't take it all on. But um, uh, again, I, I talked to Connor recently and I'm like, dude, I don't, I'm doing way too much client work. To see it right. I just, I don't know how to say no. Um, and I don't think he'll mind me saying this. He's like, dude, I get inquiries, man. You don't have to reply to them and say no. Just leave them. If it's not like, <laughs> if it's going to be a good fit, just move on because, um, you know, he's at the point where he's a lot further ahead than I am and he gets more inquiries and he can't, he can't take all of it on. It's far, far too much. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try better. I'm going to try and uh, be less overwhelmed and just leave stuff alone, but it's tough. Cause I am, I am so grateful when someone reaches out to me. Um, yeah, that's the problem. It's an honor when, when someone reaches out to me for anything and I feel bad saying no or leaving it. Are you, um, do you kind of in that moment, think back to when you first started and you're like, wow, like if somebody reached out to me like this, like that would have been like a saving grace or that would have been like such a great opportunity. And now like, I don't know what, like, am I different? Like all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Comparing now to day one is just insane. Um, and anyone who's like just starting out their journey, like the amount that stuff can change in one to two years uh, is just ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I feel so blessed compared to when I started and it was a real struggle uh, to get projects. Um, and I'm, I'm just still not used to, uh, used to the fact that it's different now. Um, and again, it can happen so quickly um, if you're good and smart and smart, smart <laughs> uh, and hardworking like a lot of, a lot of developers are. Mm-hmm. My dog is eating a, um, a bottle in the background. If it's- <laughs> it's cute. It's okay. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Are you at the point where you start like referring work out to people? Or is it just like you have so much going on that you're like, dude, I can't even respond. I have like seven other projects that I'm doing right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I still do some referrals. Wherever I can, I do referrals. Um, I just, I don't want to shun bad projects uh, onto people. Or if I know that, like, I know how to deal with this client, but I don't know if this person I'm referring it to doesn't know how to deal with this client. I don't want to put friends and other freelancers in bad situations. Mm, So when I feel like it makes sense to refer, I always try and refer. Um, But sometimes bad clients are bad clients. Gotcha. When, when I, um, I just started, uh, with a project and it was kind of like a, a a maintenance thing where somebody's like, Hey, like we're pretty good with Webflow, but like, if we have an emergency or like, there's something that we don't know how to do, like, can we reach out to you and and do that? Um, and, uh, they, I said, yeah, sure. That, that sounds fine. I, I can do that. And then they said, well, well, what if, um, what if you're too busy or like, what if you're on vacation or something that we need it done in like the next 24 hours, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I guess I could reach out to one of my friends and, um, ask if they would be my backup, that if I'm not available, this other person can like fix your header or something like that. And, um, that was the first moment where I was reaching out to one of my friends and I was like, Hey, do you want to do a thing with me? Totally. And they responded to me and they said yeah sure no problem I'm like this is a weird experience <laughs> yeah are you still doing any maintenance work um at the moment no this is like a new project that uh 
um, they're like, hey, our Webflow developer is heading out. Uh, he's doing another thing. Would you be here like uh, to help out if if we need it? And I'm like, that sounds, I can do that. No worries. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, yeah, not not at the moment with, it, with any other clients. Um, why do you do a lot of maintenance with people? No, I do. I do. I have a little bit left of maintenance. Um, I've come to realize because I have some um, uh, monthly retainers with clients. I have some where they just reach out to me when they need work mm. done. Um, and maintenance is really difficult to balance with when you're also doing project work because you mm. kind of have to prioritize the maintenance, but it's actually, it pays less than project work um, mm. f- for me anyway, for me at least. Um, and so I've come to realize that like, you can either try and build a maintenance business where you kind of are only doing maintenance, mm. um, or it's, you just don't do it cause it's too difficult to balance with, with project work. Um, but you might, you, I mean, you might try it and feel differently. So everyone's different. Uh, how, how do you say goodbye to a client once you're done? Like how, how does that uh that handshake at the end <laughs> go for you great question as someone who doesn't know how to say no to people uh it's it's quite tough for me to do that um and again when it's time i say like um hey like uh this isn't like really the best kind of engagement for me right now but i have this great person who would be a good fit for you and then you can help a friend out um while also kind of uh, moving on from something that isn't such a good fit anymore um, but it is very tough for me at least um, <laughs> to to kind of move on from some of my clients because I still appreciate them you know and you know, some clients that I've worked with for over a year are just great clients so it's tough to move on yeah and you you like get to know them too and everything like yeah. that yeah yeah exactly yeah you 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 become friends with them you know you do um so it's it's tough but uh it's all a matter matter of whatever decisions you want to make when you do that handshake and you say goodbye and and someone else is there to help out for any maintenance that that uh you recommended them and everything like that um have you ever like gone uh to their website like maybe like months later like oh what does this look like now (laughs) You know, I haven't. That is actually kind of funny <laughs> to think about. Um, I haven't. And again, something that I'm just really bad at that other people are better at um, and they probably build their business that way. I am terrible at client follow-up. I am mm. just atrocious at it just because um, uh, I forget. And um, when there's new stuff, it's really difficult for me to remember. And it's probably just because I'm a soloist, but um I forget to follow up. Actually, I'm I'm really bad at that. When when cl- client follow up, it's like, how's it going? What are your analytics like? Like those are different. Where on the spectrum do you think about that? Oh right. Well, there's obviously when they reach out and you try and connect on a call. Like obviously, I'll, I'll send another email. Like hey, you know, still need help. And then when I send off the proposal, oh, you better believe I follow up on that. <laughs> you better believe I check in on that. Um, but when the engagement is done, um, I usually build the website so that they can maintain it themselves rather than them having to find someone else. 
Um, but I probably could be going back to these people and asking if there's any way that I can add more value or be suggesting ways that I can add more value. Um, I just don't have the time. I had one question about something that, that happened to me recently. And I want to, I told one of my friends about it and he's like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. And I'm like, this happens to people. Um, but yeah, I was curious. So there was a, a, a project that I've been working on that like seemed like it had been dragging on for forever. Like it, it, the timeline was like way longer than I thought it was going to be. And like getting people to respond to emails was really, really hard and everything like that. And um, like, it, it was so much work to like get the design approved and everything by everybody that was involved, get it developed. Everything was working exactly the way that they wanted it. The only thing left was like the placeholder content. And so um, like trying to get that in um, and then it was like taking so long. And then right when I was like following up, like, hey, like, let's get this placeholder content so we can get your website up and running. Everything's ready for you. We just need your info. Um, they said, hey. Uh, we just got bought out by another company. So we don't actually need this website anymore. Wow. <laughs> and so they they're like, well, they're, yeah, they said, well, we'll pay you for, for everything that you've done and everything like that, but we just won't uh, need the website. So we're not going to put any of the content in there. So I can't use it for my portfolio. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> wow. That hasn't happened to me yet. Oh my God. Yeah. That is a tough situation to be in. I um, was so bummed. I was so sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank God they paid you because a, um, a worse client, you know, sometimes wouldn't. So uh, that is very funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and it, it's it was, a tough it, situation. I was so conflicted because I was like, um, like, obviously they, they had to pay me because like they signed the contract and everything like that. But like, um, uh I was just, I was so bummed. And the fact that that's like something that could happen and that people have to like write into your contracts and everything like that. Oh my God. That like, just, I heard some, somebody British the other day say gutted. And I was like, that is, is perfect. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm going to say. Now. I just felt like literally, oh my God, it, it just sucked. So that I, that's actually good to hear that that has never happened to you. Cause, uh, um, it was a good learning experience, but I was like, oh, all that time, that would have been so great. And the website was going to be so great too. <laughs> that is such an interesting specific scenario. And I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't even know how you would get around that. That's just, <laughs> I think that's just one of those things you got to say while well, that happened, I guess I got to keep going. Um, I really hope that doesn't happen to a lot of people. How would you react to something like that? I mean, um, I, I mean, I, I'm not as bothered. Like I wouldn't be as bothered. I should say, um, if the client is happy and they have paid me, which means they're happy, um, <laughs> then, you know, I, I move on. Um, yeah. that's all that matters to me. And if they realize that they don't need it anymore and they're happy, um, obviously the frustrating thing for you is you didn't get to be able to show the work. That is a frustrating yeah. Um, but for me, if the client's happy and I don't get a, a project on my side, eh, move on. It's tough though. It is tough. Yeah. I, I, I've been having like a lot of trouble recently of like um, getting past the, the placeholder content phase 
um, of like, okay, we have this wireframe. We kind of have the goal of each of the different sections, each of the different pages. Like this is where the content's going to go. Okay, now we're in the the content section. Like all of this stuff that that I need from you and stuff like that. And then like go for like a long time of like no responses and stuff like that. So have you ever had to figure out how to navigate that? Because it seems like it might just be too overwhelming for somebody to do like oh my gosh I have all this stuff to do I have all these things to write like I don't know I, I'm not going to do it for a couple of weeks because it's just like really overwhelming yeah yeah I mean okay two things I would say uh number one I usually tell the client that it's better um to do the design around their content so mm-hmm. I usually say it's better for them to write copy first it doesn't need to be finalized copy uh it just helps actually inform the design rather than doing design first and content after. Now, I don't think co- like all of the content first and then all of the design after is the best, mm-hmm. uh, the absolute best thing in the world because sometimes clients don't know how to write copy uh, that fits on a website. And if mm-hmm. they give you a, a massive document with a bunch of paragraphs, then that's not really much to work off of. Um, but I think I don't do any design until a client is a bit more aware of what they're actually doing for their content. Uh, And that's how I get around that. Um, And I had a second point, but I don't remember what it was. So let's just say that. (laughs) Yeah. It it seems like, um, like it's really been an issue. And I'm I'm wondering like, is this task that I'm giving just too overwhelming or um, maybe it's, it's, it's me or something like that. So I don't know, just trying to figure that out. Because sometimes when you're like, okay, let's like start with the copy and everything like that. Sometimes people are like, oh, well, I'm not ready to do that. Let's like figure out how much space I have and stuff like that. And then we'll do that. And I'm like, okay, this is what you want to do. Let's do that. And then by the time we get to that point, it's just like, it just seems like a like overwhelming. I don't, I don't want to be overwhelming to them, but I want to help them with their website. Yeah, it's also not good for us because we kind of outline a specific timeline when yeah. We think we're going to actually have the website designed and then built and then done. Uh, and then when, when it, when it isn't done by the time that we think it's going to be done, we have other projects set up and they kind of mesh and, and they all go together. So that, uh, that definitely can be a problem. Uh, one thing that I changed recently about my proposals is that um, the final payment isn't on project launch. It's actually um kind of four weeks or whatever timeline should be project launch. Mm. So I say first payment on acceptance of the proposal, which is the first 50%, and then 50% on this date, which Mm. will basically be when the launch is supposed to be. Um, And if they're not ready for that, if they need more time for content, then that's fine. Like this is the the last payment date um, and we can still, you know, work on this in the background. Um, So that helps. And I also do which some people might think it's crazy. I also do um, a 10% discount if they pay 100% upfront. Oh, wow. About half of my clients go for that. And that's, I'm super happy with that. That's genius. (laughs) Yeah. That's Uh, interesting. That's not my idea. Um, This is a great writer and speaker called Alan Weiss, um, who does a lot on consulting. And he has a lot of brilliant ideas. And there's a really good book called Million Dollar uh, Consulting um, that he, like, if you're in this kind of space where you're selling services, is really great to read because there's a lot of 
different ideas that you wouldn't usually think about. Uh, and that is one of them. Huh. So it's, it seems like there's the, the Stark guy. It's the, the, that, that guy that you like, there's the, um, did you say million dollar, what? A million dollar consulting. His name's Alan Weiss. Huh. There's, uh, Chris Doe, who's a big presence. (laughs) (laughs) There is Connor. Um, there is Weffle University. Who who else? Who else? Right. I he doesn't even like an MBA or something like that. Seth Godin's MBA. He like has his own MBA program. He does. He does have his own kind of schooling, uh, small program. But he's also written a lot of marketing books. Really, a lot. Yeah, a lot of really good books. Um, And if people have heard of Seth Godin, uh, they should read Purple Cow. Purple Cow is um, a very good book. What what is a purple cow? <laughs> <laughs> a purple cow is a remarkable business. It's a business that's uh, doing something differently and really standing out for that reason. Um, and I'm not going to be able to to really describe it properly. Um, so yeah, if if people want to know about like how to be different um, and how to be remarkable, they should read that. Seth Godin says that you can either be uh, you can either be cheaper or you can be different. Uh, <laughs> a very good quote and none of us want to be cheaper so so you seem like like a a book guy so i there's this one book that i that i read that totally changed my perspective on like almost everything when it comes to user experience and everything like that um have you ever read the book on um, the experience economy i actually haven't no i really I don't know. it's by um uh it's a harvard review book so it's fancy um <laughs> but it uh I, I went to this lecture one time um it was like this free thing at, when I was doing the New York internship and I uh went there for free and this woman was talking like all about this book so I ordered it and um you can get it like a soft cover I think it's like $15 or something like that and mm. um it's amazing it it talks exactly about what you're talking about like you can either be a commodity where the only difference between you and the next guy is your price and your fee. Um, or you can make an experience and like, that's why you're seeing all of these, um, uh, what's the word, all of these, uh, fashion brands having restaurants for some reason, (laughs) because it's like (laughs) an experience. And, and there's this, um, this museum, in uh, New York, I don't know which one it was, but they had a rain room where you could just stand in this room uh, for like 15 minutes and just be surrounded by rain, like artificial rain. And they said they would have people line up for like five hours to just experience this. And I don't know, it was just so, so interesting. So I think you would really like that book. And they also have audiobook mm. if you don't have time. <laughs> I'm big on audiobooks. I do a lot of walks because I have a dog. And so I love audiobooks. Yeah. Good call. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. So uh, w- another thing is um, I when I was in, in high school, I was super into um, like the business club. We had this this club. It sounds so corny now, but it's, it was called FBLA, which is Future Business Leaders of America. Um <laughs> 
and like we would do these competitions and all of this kind of stuff um but i uh honestly like really hated it <laughs> because the the way that business and marketing and all of this stuff was explained to me was it was almost like it was a like an 80s like advertisement where it's like a guy with sunglasses going like innovation and then like fades out into the background and then it's like uh i don't know like networking and then fades out into the background like there was no like substance to it we were just learning definitions and stuff like that and so i know that at least for me and maybe some other people that i was friends with like it just left like a bad taste in your mouth and you're like i like what does this even mean and so when when I hear you talk about it, it seems like you get a lot of meaning out of it and it actually helps you. And there's actual like real tangible things that I just didn't experience when I was in that level of education. So I'm just curious, what does, what do those things mean to you that like didn't mean anything to me at that age? Yeah, no, me as well. Because when I, when I thought of marketing, I thought of ads um, and that is such an old way of doing business. Uh, I'm sorry, and doing marketing. Um, and I don't run any paid ads. Um, and obviously, when I see ads around, they're kind of frustrating because that's not really good marketing. Um, not necessarily. I mean, there are different ways to market. Um, and you know, Coke can afford to to <laughs> buy a lot of ads and do a lot of TV ads and stuff just to always get their name out there and get us thinking about Coke. Um, but we can't do that. And if we did, it would be annoying. Um, and so I guess the way that I now see marketing or, or think of all of that stuff and running a good business is just making good stuff. And then as people find you, um, if they actually want to hear from you, then they'll subscribe to podcast or YouTube or email. And then you have a bunch of people who, um, enjoy your stuff and spread the word and then you get client referrals and you get people reaching out to you. Uh, and to me, that's, that's marketing now. Like that is what good marketing is. Um, yeah. Is that, I feel like that's a good. Spiel. It's so much more tangible and real and something that I can actually relate to rather than just like these terms in a book that I just was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll memorize these for an exam, but this like means nothing to me. Yep. Yeah. And when you do your own business and being a freelancer is your own business, you learn so much so quickly about how business works and how you want to actually get yourself out there. Cause there's so many different ways, but you got to do marketing, you know, like mm -hmm. if you want to be a freelancer, a successful freelancer, you have to do marketing, mm. uh, which is not paid ads. Um, it's basically, it's basically almost making content of some sort uh, mm -hmm. on a frequent basis summed up you know i guess the the ideal would be just like doing something that you enjoy that you're okay doing consistently that like helps you meet more people whether that's youtube whether that's anything i i've seen some people that like yeah uh um uh and fisa uh her she's a famous famous i don't know she's this cool person <laughs> that's on youtube um mm. uh, that's on instagram and, and she like has her own thing and everything like that or like um oh ux goodies i don't know if you've ever heard of her um yeah they're like uh stuff like that i look at that and i'm like oh my gosh like i don't think i can do that because it's like so much 
time. And I don't know, it's just not something that I'm naturally into. But that's not really what you think of when you think of marketing and stuff like that. You think of that's like um, boardrooms and you think of billboards and I don't know, SEO and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to us and to anyone basically doing what we're doing, marketing should be uh, doing some kind of content that you enjoy so that you actually make it good uh, and make it better on a frequent enough basis. And, um, and I've, I've like done a lot of small side projects over the years that didn't pan out. And the reason that they didn't pan out is just because I stopped doing them. Mm. And I, I believe like now having done this, that no matter what I would have done, um, if I just kept doing it, then eventually it would have worked out. I just didn't enjoy enough uh, to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, if you're just forcing yourself to do something just because you you started it, I mean, is that going to be like great for you long term? Yeah, I guess we have <laughs> job again. Yeah, grind. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I I loved hanging out with you today. It was it was so fun to like get to know you and hear about all these people that helped you and all these bits and pieces of advice that you could give me which was awesome <laughs> yeah no it's been a pleasure it's been good to chat um i mean with some of the people that you've talked to it's an honor it's an honor to be here want oh, to have really? my own episode <laughs> well it's always it's like very i'm always nervous before every single episode i was like i was very nervous before this one too um but it's always so cool to come out on the other end and just like have this little piece that I can add to my library of people that I get to call a friend and and call I don't know a person that got to hang out with me for two hours it was very fun love it very good well the the way that that I end the podcast um is I reintroduce myself and then I say all of these different places that people can find me and then we end with you uh you do the same and then and then we're pretty much out of here does that sound like a good plan for you that sounds like a good plan where can people find you emily oh well thanks (laughs) (laughs) people can find me uh here they can find me on uh um greatdesignlead.com which is my website um, they can reach out to me via email, which is emily at greatdesignlead.com. Uh, I have a YouTube channel that I do for fun where I do YouTube reviews to websites. Um, I did one to a uh, a packaging of um, hot chili oil, which was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Chinese hot chili oil from a YouTuber that I liked. And uh, yeah, if you want to see me try different hot chilies, it's there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I'm here. Uh, I have an Instagram, which is great to sign lead and all that stuff will be in the description. Um, so you don't have to worry about spelling or anything like that, but yeah, that's, uh, that's enough with me. And then we'll head over to Nikolai and then we'll head out. <laughs> nice. Uh, if people want to find me, they have to try and spell my name correctly. A lot of people <laughs> spell my name incorrectly. Um, yeah. If, if people want to see my YouTube videos, I talk about Webflow stuff. A lot of it's helpful, I think. So, um, uh, kind of how to uh, do specific things in Webflow or different ways to think about pricing as well. I talk, do some pricing videos. Uh, then they can find me, um, I think it's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash 
Nikolai Bain, or they can just go to my website, NikolaiBain.com, and it has the link uh, to the YouTube channel. Um, and I'm going to start streaming soon. So if people want to come on and chat and talk about Webflow and learn about Webflow templates, uh, then they can go to NikolaiBain.com forward slash stream. Perfect. I think I would love, like, let me know when you do that. And I think that would be fun to join. I don't know uh, uh, if the time zones will work, but if they do, I'd be happy to hang out with you and and chat with you while you build stuff. Yeah, cool. I'm trying to do um, nine o'clock for me, which is around like three to five for people in America. Um, And people only live in America. So (laughs) some cool people. (laughs) (laughs) It's just me and like the Kardashians over here. Yeah, and those are people that want to be in. So hope to see the Kardashians there. Well, this has been really fun. Um, the the way that I end the podcast is uh, uh, just saying um, goodbye until next time. Um, and so this has been great, Nikolai, and just goodbye until next time. Love it. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. <laughs>